Going back, I don't know, six weeks or so ago, when the Lord began talking to us about finishing strong, I had no idea what all was in that and how significant it would be for us as a church. But what I can see in it so clearly now is that he was talking to us not just about finishing a year strong, uh, not just about going into another year you know, on a high note, but talking to us about finding out what his plan is for our lives, giving our lives for it, and finishing this life strong. Because you and I want to be able to say on day one of eternity, we want to be able to look into the eyes of Jesus and say with honesty, we have finished the race you gave us to run. We have fought a good fight and we have kept the faith. And coming into Christmas time, you know, I, I, I didn't see how these things were going to fit together. But now I see it so clearly that he gave us a theme for this Christmas. And it's pretty obvious when you look into the word, there's a theme concerning what we call Christmas and, and Christmas Day. And that is Jesus, who is called Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. God with us. And you, you see that not just as a theme through Christmas, but you see it all the way through scriptures. You know, it would be worth your time sometime to do a study in the word of God. And every time you could find a place where it said, and the Lord was with him, or the Lord was with her, or the Lord was with David, or the Lord was with this one. Look at that and then look at what happened as the result of that. It becomes pretty evident that it's more than just a nice saying. It's more than just a pat on the back or something to give you some encouragement. Miracles happen as the result of God being with somebody. And what we started looking at as of last Sunday was, was what causes this miracle working power to be present in our lives? Well, like we've already mentioned, the first part of that is God being with you. And what the arrival of Jesus said, not just to you and to me, but to all men for all time, is that God is with you. God is with you. But there's this other part. There's this other key ingredient to making the miracle working power of God be present in our lives. And here in Luke chapter 1, we touched on this Sunday. Let me remind you of what it says. When the angel Gabriel came knocking at Mary's door, she was not expecting it, but behold, here he is. And the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 1, in verse 28, having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. There's that key statement. The Lord is with you. And he said, blessed are you among women. Uh, she saw him, of course, she was troubled at his saying, considered what manner of greeting this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. And you know what happened after that. Gabriel began to explain to Mary, this is what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You are going to conceive within you something that is of God. You are going to conceive the Son of God and begin to explain to Mary, here's what's about to happen. Now, we can tell the Lord is with her and there are great and mighty miraculous things that potentially could take place. But do you realize that Mary could have shut that whole thing down just by saying, no, not me. I don't get it. That sounds impossible. That sounds too big. I'm not worthy of that. No, thanks, but no thanks. See, God was with her, but the question was, was she with him? That's the next 
key ingredient to producing power and miracles in our lives. And we see the moment she got with God on this was when the angel said a few verses later, Luke 1 verse 37, For with God nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. The moment she said those words was when, not just when God was with her, but when she was with him. And when God is with you and you're with him, that makes power available to you. Miracles are on the way. Amen? Now, there's another part in this, and I really hope that you take a few minutes tomorrow morning and tune in to our live service. It's just about 20 minutes, or 20 minutes or so long. It's not a long time. It is worth your time. And one of the things that Sarah and I do in that time together is we read through the whole Christmas story. And I don't want to take time to do that tonight. We'll save that for tomorrow morning. So make sure you can join us on that. But there are some key things in this that I want us to, to focus on tonight before we spend some time fellowshipping with each other. I want you to look forward with me in Luke chapter 2. And let me read a few verses to you here, beginning in verse 8. The Bible says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. They're greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great, of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, listen to this, verse 17, they made widely known. This is the first record of preaching shepherds. And I am so thankful and honored to be just another preaching shepherd. And that's what these guys were doing. They were making widely known, and girls, thank you very much, making widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. But look at verse 18. It says, all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds, but, verse 19, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. It's almost like the Bible's contrasting the preaching shepherds and their response with Mary and how she handled it. And it's not to say that one was bad and the other good or right or wrong, but I want you to notice what it specifically tells us about Mary. When these shepherds came running, the Bible says they came with haste and they, they told Mary everything that they had just seen. The Bible says she kept all these things and she pondered them in her heart. And the thing that has so astounded me all throughout, especially this Christmas season, and as we've talked about what enables us to finish strong, where our strength comes from, I'm just reminded over and over again that yes, God is with him, but the thing that really makes power possible in our lives is when we get with him. And the cooperation that it requires from us. And when, just in one verse here, we get a glimpse into this woman and in her character, into her personality, and into why God chose her. 
I'm so thankful that she chose to protect these things. I'm so thankful that she chose to ponder these things. Because she did, all those years later, she was able to accurately and precisely communicate to Dr. Luke and Matthew and others, here's what happened. They wrote it down, and that's the reason we read about it tonight. Because she pondered it in her heart. The power of a pondering heart. And I think this is something that every single one of us, men and women, could learn to do from her. Put this into practice in your life. You know, we should be pondering a lot more than we are. We should spend a lot more time pondering than we are. And, you know, when you think about it, what Mary did is so not unlike a lot of you ladies, mothers, grandmothers. I know this is not unlike Sarah. I was thinking today about when Justice was born and how different times throughout his 12 years, we've told him the story, all the details of the story of that day because we've gone over it and over it and over it. And I know Sarah can tell you every detail of the day our first son was born. I know she can tell you about getting up early that morning. I know she can tell you about, oh, I'm feeling a little different today. And we're getting ready in the bathroom. At one point, I, was, I said, Jeremy, my back's really hurting. Can you rub my back? And we're still in bed. It's he, early hours of the morning, and right? And fell right back asleep. So this is me. <laughs> That's what I remember. Thanks for sharing that. It's such a powerful, powerful point that you shared. But I remember the half-hour drive to the hospital. Sarah remembers every turn in the road, every bump in the road. She's like, can you please drive a little better than you are? I remember getting to the hospital, and Justice was several weeks early, so I thought, well, this is probably a false alarm, right? I mean, he's not due yet. And we get there, and, and the nurse is checking everything, and next thing I know, they're checking Sarah in, and I say to the nurse, are you telling me we're having a baby today? She's like, yes, you're having a baby. I remember every detail of that over the next several hours. And, and many of you ladies do as well. My grandmother, who just went to heaven this past year, my mom's mom, she was very famous in our household. Every birthday my mom would celebrate, my grandmother would call and tell her the whole story over again of the day that she was born. My mom's done the same thing to me. These things are so significant, and we have a tendency to ponder and go over and over and over them. But pondering, I think there's more power in it than we've realized. Pondering is actually part of our preparation for what God's called us to do. And it's a very essential part of it. Looking back on when Sarah was pregnant with our first justice, I am so thankful that she didn't tell me she was pregnant and a week and a half later have a baby. That would not have worked. Not for me. I needed nine months. I know she did too, but I needed every moment of those nine months. And I'm so thankful because God could have done this anyway. He could have set this up any way he wanted to. He could have, you know, made the, the, the pregnancy process. He could have made it a few days or weeks and then here you go, here's your baby. I think there's a reason it's the length of time that it is. We need the preparation. Gentlemen, can I get an amen from some man in this audience tonight? We need that time. But in addition to all the natural preparation that goes into getting a room ready, getting a house ready, 
there's a lot of pondering that needs to be taking place. And it's not just when you're getting ready for a, a baby to come into your life. What about the things God's called you to? What about the assignment that's on your life, that's on your family, that's on your ministry? There's some pondering that needs to be taking place right now. I guarantee you this, and maybe you can speak to this, Sarah, but I don't think Mary fully understood. I mean, you think, you think Gabriel came in and said, hey, Mary, guess what? This is going to happen. And Mary's like, okay, I get it. Sure, that sounds great. No. I guarantee you she needed every day of those next nine months to ponder that and ponder it and protect it in her heart. We need the preparation time and the pondering that goes in to the preparation. I always like to think about how, and the Bible says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. You know, it's a real temptation in the time and the day we're living in to live life on a surface level. Either we get busy, we go from thing to thing to thing, we wake up in the morning, we start our routine over and over again. But there are things that are deep down on the inside that are longing and crying out for us to pay attention to. And that is the Spirit of God who is the candle of the Lord. He's crying out on the inside for us to hear him and to, really the Bible says deep calls to deep. And there are things on the inside of God that are crying out for things on the inside of us. And it takes a, a still and a quiet uh, moment in time. It takes a moment where you ponder, where you're quiet, where you start to feed on his faithfulness. And then with hope and expectation, you look forward to the future for what God has for you. It takes a stillness and a quietness and a pondering of the heart. The candle on the inside. You know, think about these candlelight Christmas Eve services, yeah. why they're so sweet and special and so still and quiet. You know, it's not a performance. And it shouldn't be on a Christmas where you're focused on the Lord. But these times, I heard the Lord say to me so clearly at the beginning of this season, take time to ponder me this at this season. Don't, don't just rush through it. Don't just take, uh, you know, every moment. to Don't fill it all up. But ponder the sweet, the holy, the deep things of God. And so God is crying out for us to, to lay hold of some of these things and go deeper with him. And if you just live life at the surface and always doing the same thing, same routine, day after day after day, and you know what can happen to people in ministry? It can happen to us as well. Then you miss out on the heart details. You know, I just, I, I had a, one example came to me, but you know when my mom went to heaven, went, went on to be with the Lord. You know, some of those times in your life, you have to, in order to heal, you want to take time to ponder and to sit with God and to process those things. Go back and remember and be thankful for all the good things that God has done and look forward to the future of the times where you will be with the people that you've loved and have already moved on to heaven. But those times, those moments... I remember it wasn't long after that that I didn't want to sing anymore. And I realized I, I didn't sing. I just kept not going to the piano every day and not worshiping the Lord. 
and, and starting to become maybe a little colder, a little more distant. And I realized that why the, the reason I wasn't singing is because I didn't want to access my heart. I didn't want to go into the deep chambers of my heart. And I didn't want to I didn't want to go there. I wanted to live life surface so I didn't have to deal with it. I didn't have to heal and go through those, the, the process of that healing. But God is calling out for us. He has things to show us. And it takes those quiet moments of sitting with him and pondering his goodness. You know, the Psalms talks about that we should feed on his faithfulness, eating eating, eating. I know the Lord said to me in terms of, he always talks to me in terms of food because like moms, aren't we always cooking in the kitchen for our families? Always making food, always thinking about feeding our families. Well, he said to me before in terms like that, grace sets the table, but faith eats everything on the plate. And you know, we have to sit down, don't we? And begin to get quiet and ponder these precious things from God. And it'll take us accessing the hidden places of the heart because the spirit of God is like a candle and he'll light up those things in our lives that we need to see. Mm. The spirit of the Lord will cry out to us. The spirit of God searches the deep things of the heart, the hidden places. And if we'll listen and if we'll be quiet and if we'll ponder, we will enter into a richer life. Mm a more enriched life where he can speak to us, where he can help us, where he can heal us. These are the deep things, uh, deep crying out to deep. Have you noticed how much of our lives and the way we live lives and our culture is working against that? Have you noticed that the way we have built life does not leave time for that? Because it requires time. Pondering requires patience because it requires you to sit still. It requires you to be still and know that he's God. And people, we say that all the time, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. And it's sweet. We sew it onto pillows and it's a, a really sweet little phrase. But I think there's, if you listen more closely, there's more of a sternness coming from God. In other words, be still, he's saying, and know that I'm God. You're not. That's how I hear him say it to me. Because if you're constantly, constantly moving and going and fighting this fire and putting this thing out over here, there's something in your constant busyness and mind, and maybe we wouldn't use these words to say it, but evidently, we think, at least on some level, we're God. But the moment you get still, in your stillness, is an acknowledging, you are God, I'm not. And that pondering requires patience. And looking into Mary's life and her example, she did it in every phase of life. The, the angel of the Lord tells her, here's what's coming. She's pondering these things. The shepherds come and tell her, here's what happened. She's pondering these things. If you look towards the end of Luke chapter 2, 12 years later, when Jesus is in the temple... She comes back and finds him there, and he says, did you not know I'd have to be about my father's business? And then the Bible says he went back with them to their home, and he was subject to them in all things. But Mary kept all these things in her heart. She's doing this over and over as a lifestyle. So much so that decades later, 
when she's living in Ephesus and Luke is interviewing her and recording this story, now she's pondering the past. You notice there's pondering to be done in every tense and every phase of life, past, present, and future. I think about when Sarah and I, 10, 12 years ago, we were in ministry, we'd been serving my parents, we'd been serving my grandparents on their staff in ministry, and the night before Thanksgiving, 2009, we're laying in bed, talking to one another, staring up into the darkness, and this thing comes up in our heart about stepping out into our own ministry. And we just began to dream out loud that night. And there was such an anointing on our conversation. I remember it started something in us. It lit a fire on the inside of us. And it was that night and over the next several days that we actually began to dream about coming to Colorado. And it got so real to us. I'd say just a few months after that, it got so real and so big and so strong on the inside of us. We were like, that's it. We are going. We're moving to Colorado. And we went and we told our families, hey, y'all, we're moving to Colorado. We're, we're stepping into our ministry and we're moving there. We told friends, we're moving to Colorado. We told our board of directors for our ministry, we're moving to Colorado. And we were right. We were just about 10 years early. And the Lord's been so good to us. He helped us all throughout those 10 years. But you know what? If I look back on it right now, if I would change anything about the 10 years that led up to us coming here, I would have talked less and pondered more. I would have, I would have run my mouth a lot less about it. And I would have just taken time, the two of us, together, individually, with the Lord. Lord, talk to us about that. What do you see? What are you saying? Because what happened to us is what happens to so many of us. We get this tiny little glimpse of what God's called us to do. And we're like, wow, that's awesome. Let's do it tomorrow. And God's like, hey, wait, I'm not done talking yet. And you'd find out the rest of the story if you just sit there and take some time. How much time? However much time it takes. Because pondering is part of the preparation. And I look back on it now and thinking, yeah, we could probably could have spent some more time meditating on that. And even now some people ask, like, well, how do you guys, how do you do it in ministry? You both teach, you both preach. How do you prepare for messages? How do you prepare for ministry? And yeah, it's a, it's a lot of time spent in the Word. It's a lot of time spent in prayer. But it's a lot of time spent pondering, thinking, meditating. That's what's going into this week after week after week. What'd you do last week to get ready for this message? Sat there, listened, because pondering is part of the preparation. Whether you're talking about a message you're preaching or the life you're living or the thing that God's called you to do, you need to spend some time listening, asking him questions, letting him answer, and take days, weeks, months, or whatever it is. But preparation time is never wasted time. You've heard me say it before. You are either going to spend time preparing or you're going to spend time repairing. If you don't spend the time on the front end preparing, then you're going to get a few steps down the road and think, oh, wait, man, I've messed up. Then you back up, then you try this. That didn't work, and you back up and you try that. But the Bible says if you will ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be established. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.